Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Museum Podcast. This is episode number 29 with Ryan Muirhead, and I am Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. So before we get into our conversation with Ryan, I just want to give everybody uh, another quick update on the Musea Gathering. Uh, as of today, we've got 14 days left. 14, one, four, two weeks. Um, so we need to get this thing kicked up and going. So if you want to see better education industry, if you're tired of the PPA, WPPI crap, and you want to see something that's different, um, that encourages truth and hard work and honesty and um, doesn't make you feel like you need to buy more gear or more software or anything like that and you just want something that's going to challenge you and make you uh, a better photographer by improving uh, how you think and your ideas and your business practices, then we need to make the museum gathering happening. Um, we, need, we need to make it happen. Excuse me. Um, there is a perk for $100 uh, to watch the speaking day online. I don't see any reason why uh, each of you listening cannot buy this perk for $100 unless you're just flat broke. In that case, you could probably throw something on eBay. You could sell something, sell a couple things, and probably get $100 somewhere. I just don't really feel like there's an excuse for it. Um, if 15,000 people can go to WPPI last year and they can spend 500 to two thousand dollars to go to this thing then we can get 500 to a thousand people just to buy a hundred dollar perk um, and learn from this amazing list of photographers that um, has never been assembled and um, I don't know if it will ever be assembled again to get all these people uh, in the same room together and so if you want to learn from all these people in one day back to back to back to back to back um, you know, nine different presentations, 40 minutes each for a hundred bucks, then we need to get on this thing. We've got 14 days uh, to make it happen. So we need to raise about another $88,000 and this will be official and we can keep uh, keep this thing going and it'll happen. Uh, if this does not happen in two weeks, if people do not um, get off their butts and support this thing, then it's going to be canceled. Um, and then industry is going to stay the same and there's not going to be an alternative um, and you know WPPI and PPA and all this stuff that um, has continued for the past decade uh, will continue to um, kind of remain in place and be the king of everything so I would love for there to be an event that gives you an alternative perspective uh, on what I think is true photography and what photography is really about how it should be approached um, and that is hard work hard work um, and more hard work and so uh, if you're not ready for that then maybe we shouldn't support the gathering um, you know if, if you really like the quick tricks and the 10-step programs and you know the lies that tell you that oh if you just buy this uh, Photoshop action that you know people will love your photos or whatever if you're loving all that then just keep uh, I guess keep going to WPPI or whatever but if you're ready to uh, learn about images that um, learn how to make images that have a soul, uh, how to push yourself, and if you really want to be challenged um, and pushed into places that you've never been pushed before, then we need the gathering to happen. And um, I can't make this happen. I need photographers out there financially supporting it, talking it up, 
posting it on Facebook, blogging about it, whatever. Um, the industry has been so disjointed for so long. Um, and I would love to see uh, people get behind this thing, you know, uh, especially if they feel like this is something that will make the industry better. And so we're doing all our, all, you know, I'm doing all I can. All the photographers are doing all they can to help push it forward. They're making great sacrifices to be here, um, you know, and, and to sign on with this thing. And so uh, all we're waiting on now is just you and people just to uh, finally decide to, to get going. So we have 38 financial supporters, which has been um, ridiculous and amazing. Um, but we need to probably get up around, you know, anywhere between 300 to 700, depending on, um, you know, what level that people buy uh, perks. So if we sell out most of the workshops and the thing's funded already, um, or if we sell a ton of the $100 uh, perk, then it's funded. So we just need to have some uh, movement going. There's been a little bit uh, going this week, but we need to really ramp it up uh, now, or uh, it's not going to happen, and we'll cancel it. So... Uh, which will be a shame, I think. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's my pitch for that. Um, now, on to the podcast with Ryan Muirhead. Um, I had a great conversation uh, with him last night. This guy is ridiculous. He's so humble, um, but he understands um, what hard work is and just really how to make great images. Uh, the conversation we had last night was not about technique or gear uh, but what it was about, uh, which was facing your fears, using photography to better yourself as a person. Uh, and we also talk about how Ryan's work uh, is evolving. And so I think you'll be incredibly inspired. You'll also feel challenged. Uh, but at the same time, I think you'll be encouraged um, by what uh, he has to say and what he shares uh, during our conversation. So thank you so much for listening. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for Thanks so much for having me. Not a problem. How's everything going these days? You doing well? Uh, yeah, everything's going well right now, I guess. Um, I'm going back to finish my last semester of school. I actually only have one class, and then I'll have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Sweet. So that's pretty much all that's on my plate right now is finishing that one class. And this class is... It's an English class. <laughs> it's writing or something. I just... I think I've dropped out of college like seven or eight times, and I think if I don't finish right now, it's never going to happen. Yeah. See, I would think it would be like your final photography class where you had to do a show and everything. But... No, I did my show, my Bachelor of Fine Arts show, like two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> hey, at least I have the paper now. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I'll have that. That'll be good. You know, for resume purposes. 
Yeah, everyone always checks your art resume. I don't know. Yeah. Let me see that resume. You yeah. went to college. You're in. Exactly. Don't remind me. There's no reason to do it. I don't need that right now. <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking forward to this, dude. This is going to be fun. Um, so I know you're busy. I, too. I actually, I don't know. I've been in kind of a really introspective mode lately, so hopefully it'll help me to talk it out to realize what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, good. Hopefully this will be some art therapy then. <laughs> no matter crying. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a first <laughs> for the podcast. Trailblazer. Yeah. Way to go. Emotionally available. Right. Uh, true artist. I love it. Well, first thing is I just want to know a little bit more about your journey. So how you got started and how you got to where you are today. So... I've told it a couple of times. I'll try and add a fresh take, maybe add a dragon or something into the story. <laughs> but, uh, I never did anything artistic as a kid, ever. I mean, ever. Everyone, I, I envy people's stories so much that were like, I was born looking at light and seeing stories in my head, and I just wanted to t tell them. I had none of that, just absolute zero. I took my first picture ever. I mean, you know, I'm sure I took something, but I mean, like, I'm going to take a picture. I was almost 27 wow. when I, like, the very first time set out to take a picture. Um, so through junior high, elementary school, high school, nothing. I mean, I was interested in, like, European history and government law and that kind of stuff. I didn't do anything. And then just by chance, my dad was a director of photography and steady cam operator, um, he got me a couple of jobs on movies and TV shows as a camera assistant, as a film loader, like loading film into the magazines and doing some of the, you know, like the slate, like scene one, take one, yeah. mark, that kind of stuff. And everyone assumes that was it. Like I got around cameras and, and film and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my eyes opened, but that wasn't it at all either. I <laughs> nothing out of it. I was around great, talented artists. And I didn't care at all. And then one day, um, I guess not one day, I kind of made friends with a makeup artist on one of the movies because I'm, I'm just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I try to act normal, but then I just can't take it anymore. And then some days I just show up to work like wearing makeup and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a crack under normalcy and I act out sometimes and she loved that. So one day... Um, she was getting married and she had her wedding dress on set and she was like, I'm getting married next week. Will you take a picture of me in at lunch in my wedding dress? And this wasn't based on any ability. I was like, I don't know how to do that. And she was like, I know, but you're weird and we get along and you know what I want. So just do it. <laughs> okay. And my dad had a Canon 10 D and a kit zoom lens. So one day at lunch, like she got in her wedding dress and we went on the set of the movie and it was kind of cool. And they had some of the lights still on and I just kind of positioned her and the camera was on auto. I mean, I didn't make any choices and I took a couple of photos, probably like 10 photos and three of them turned out like good, like, you know, not great, but just like what she wanted. Like I was weird enough to not, yeah, I don't know, just something connected and she loved it. And I immediately got something out of it. Like I went back to the camera truck and I printed them out and the director of photography for the movie saw him. And he was like, these are great. <laughs> he was like, you did a really good job. And so I kind of got something out of that. Cause I was a really shy, just 
fear-ridden anxiety, depression, you know, just the classic depressed kid. And I never had that artistic outlet that a lot of those kids find. So all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I communicated something like, and I didn't even know I had wanted to, but something about it like really resonated with me. And like a month later, that was all I was doing. So it, it was from like zero to complete saturation, like on off switch. Uh, and, and so then, you know, I bought my own digital camera and I started buying my own lenses and I had no idea what I was doing. I just started shooting and it just kind of took over until I'm here now. <laughs> you started some BFA program, apparently. <laughs> I had been shooting for a, for a while. I went and talked to the local university and I was like, do you have a photo program or... And so I got to skip a couple of the intro classes because I had been on film sets. You know, I didn't need to learn about, like, types of light and aperture and shutter speed. I mean, I, I didn't really care about any of that, but I had picked it all up. So I skipped a lot of the intro classes and kind of started on their photography program. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think I, once I finish, I'll be a doctor because I've been going to college for about <laughs> pretty impressive stuff there. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Have you enjoyed the school part of it, or have you kind of... You know, last time I answered this question, my school got mad at me. They were like, thanks a lot. There's some better press. Um, so I'll make sure to answer this more clearly. Um, part of it has been great for me, because I'm the classic type B personality. Like, I can't focus. I can't do assignments. I can't commit to anything. I can't stay in a class for, you know, this amount of time and finish. So to have to do that on some level, like... To have to work and to have a reason to work was really beneficial for me. And I made some great friends and I had some great teachers and I, you know, got exposed to like the classics of photography. Like I learned who Richard Avedon was, which like shaped everything I thought about photography. So, I mean, I can't say it wasn't beneficial. I just, structured environments are very difficult for me, but it was a good experience. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, I've got my BFA. So anybody that always has a BFA, I'm always interested in like their story with it. So, you know. yeah, <laughs> it's a type story. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into the goody goody stuff. <laughs> um, why do you photograph young women so frequently? This, this is without a doubt. I don't know if it's my favorite question to answer, but it's one that's very interesting to me because for how much work that I shoot that people would consider like editorial or fashion or beauty or what, you know, whatever it is that I'm shooting, I must have the least interest in that subject matter of anyone I know that shoots it. Mm. The way it happened was, um, my, Gosh, I really struggle answering some of these questions because I don't want to sound self-absorbed and I don't want to sound cheesy. But, I, I mean, I've had incredible anxiety and depression issues my whole life, just severe, since I was five years old. It's just, that's just part of me. Uh, and so after I shot these first photos, um, I was like, okay, this, you know, this means something to me. I, I care about doing this. Um, and I shot a couple of landscapes. You know, you, you know, you have your camera when you just started. You're doing the flower, big, 
mountain, sunset, you know? And I'd look at the pictures and I'd be like, I'm not getting out of this what I want to get out of this. And what I wanted to get out of it, but I hadn't really admitted to myself, was connection with people. I mean, that's that's what I didn't have in my life. And especially, you know, I had close friends and my family, and that was great. But, like, the stranger thing, you know, like, can I connect with a human being that I don't know? Can I communicate something to them? Can I get something from them outside of my tiny little circle of comfort? So I realized really quickly that I wanted to shoot people, but it terrified me. Like it really terrified me. And so I got to this point where I was like, you want to shoot people and you are too scared to do it. What is the easiest human subject matter possible you can start with? It's someone that wants to be shot, you know, it's, it's models. And I'm not saying they don't have, you know, self-confidence issues or dealing with the same thing as everybody else, but they're putting it out there that I want you to photograph me. And like, that was the safest thing I could find, like, because I was already dealing with so much of my own issues and so much anxiety and so much fear that I needed the most confident subject matter possible. So it seriously turned into models and kids, you know, the people who are going to want you to take their picture. Um, and so I started doing that and that's, it, it kind of just snowballed. Like so many people ask me like, what do you like about fashion photography or what is it about beauty photography that really draws you in? And honestly, the answer is not much like <laughs> years trying to find subject matter that didn't terrify me. And yeah, and then, you know, it just kind of snowballed. I was shooting models and I tried to get better and I tried to develop my style and then more models wanted to shoot with me, you know? So it, I was just kind of there, but I never really felt like my work was fashion or editorial or beauty work. It's honestly just like my journal of dealing with people. And it, that sounds so artist cliche, but that that's kind of just what it is that, I needed subject matter that didn't terrify me. And honestly, I feel like I'm almost to the end of this chapter or genre or phase because, you know, I, I really, really care about art and photography now. I mean, it's developed from 0% of my life to almost all of it. I mean, I'm just, I'm passionate about it. It means so much to me and I still, you know, after years of photographing people, I know that's what I still want to shoot. I know it has to be people, but I'm not the guy that just wants to shoot pretty people. I mean, I've made a lot of great friends that way, and I've made a lot of images that I love, and I like some of my work, and I've made great friends, and it's shaped who I am, but there's more I want to do. Um, documentary work is really slowly kind of crept into my mind as something that I care a lot about. I got to uh, shoot the birth of my niece, which was mm. traumatic, you know, like 25 hours of labor and lots of intense emotion and a meaningful experience too, you know, like being there in one of those life moments that you always remember that kind of shape you and define who you are and how you think. And to combine that with photography, like I got so much out of that and I want more of that. So I'm really hoping that I will have 
the confidence to move in that direction. Cause I, now I'm in such a seeing mindset that I walk down the street and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to take a picture of this person, but I still don't have the confidence to just approach them and be like, I really like your face or I really, I'm getting something out of this. Can I take a picture of it? I want to be there, but I'm not there yet, but I'm hoping I'm moving that way. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Um, I'm glad that you talked about that you don't feel like your work is like fashion or editorial or any of those things because when I was looking at your work you know, today as I was kind of thinking of questions and things to talk about, I didn't really feel like your work was that way either. Um, I, I guess I just feel because in so much fashion and editorial and beauty work, I see a concept executed. Yeah. And I don't put that down at all. I admire the hell out of people that can do that to be like, we need a shot of this. Can you use your skills to capture that? I think people who can do that are amazing, but I kind of can't like all my shooting is just like, Hey, thanks for being here. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I hope we can get something beautiful. And I don't really have a plan. Like I just shoot to see what I'm hoping I see. <laughs> and I, I wish it was more explainable than that, but I'm just looking for those moments where I see something where I'm like, this looks like how I feel. Mm. That's what I'm trying to shoot. And you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's cool clothes and makeup and whatever, but it, it's never really felt in those genres to me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, cause I wrote some stuff down today um uh, let's see i said like <clears throat> i wrote a kind of this question i guess is you know your work seems to have an element of fashion you know especially the work where you especially the work where there's like clothes involved or more clothes but there's also a body of work you know specifically maybe more your recent stuff where it's like um you know uh i guess the girls that are half clothed or whatever um, and it feels more, that stuff is a lot more personal and extremely intimate uh, to me. And so I was, I'm interested in maybe both bodies of work on your site. Like was the, the stuff that's more produced, was that earlier stuff? And then the stuff that you um, have on your tumblers is your most recent? You know, I, th I would, I would say that's largely accurate. Um, and that's, that's an interesting question for me too. Cause I get a lot of questions about like, you know, why do you shoot nudes or why do you shoot half nudes or whatever you're shooting? And it, it, I mean, it's that same issue that when I was starting out, like I needed, I needed crutches, you know, I needed like crazy hairstyling and fancy makeup and the crazy wardrobe and locations because you know, it feels safe to have something to fall back on. Like, well, what if I don't know what I'm trying to say? What if I can't convey it? At the very worst, it'll be like, whoa, that hair looks awesome. Or that's makeup or what a beautiful place. You know, like I wanted that. I needed that safety net of if I can't show up and emotionally deliver the content, I need it to still be something. But as I started to get a little more confidence in myself and my work. I still don't have a lot. I really don't. But as I started to get a little bit more, I just wanted connection and simplicity. You know, like I wanted less elements. Like I don't want this styling because it doesn't mean anything to me. I knew I was using it as a crutch. Like I just 
wanted to get to that super personal feeling pictures. And I don't care so much about shooting nudes or any of that because I care about that subject matter either. You know, it was just kind of where I ended up at looking for really simple, powerful images was just removing layer after layer after layer of stuff I was dependent on. Yeah. Um, looking at your work, I get a sense of, and it's probably, you probably already touched on it a little bit, but there's definitely a sense of like melancholy. There's like this beautiful sadness in a lot of your images. And so I, I was just really curious where that came from and if that's something that you feel like you'll continue to push toward. You know, I, I'm, I've never really felt like I'm pushing that. Like I said, I'm always just waiting until I, it, oh my gosh, it seems so cliche. It's so, <laughs> it's just like that, you know, Henry Cartier-Bresson decisive moment. Like I'm just standing there until I'm like, that's it. That's what I'm feeling. So I hope, that's why my work feels personal is because it is so personal and that's why it makes you nervous to talk about just because you want it to be received that way. But yeah, I've had a lot of depression and anxiety mixed with really finding some things profoundly beautiful, like just art and light and humanity. And it, I mean, it really, it's, it really affects me, but it's always, it's not this super uplifting, like, I'm going to make it. It's going to be okay. It's more of like that blended with the tragedy. Mm. Like trying to be like, this is who I am. This is what it is. And I'm, you know, like coaching the model to get there or anything. Like, no, I want it to feel more sad or lonely. I'm never doing that. I'm just trying to see it and trying to convey what it feels like. And sometimes I feel like if I had had a more artistic background as a kid, you know, like painting or drawing, and I loved this, and I was always working on self-expression, maybe it would, maybe it would be better. But I think that's kind of made my work what it is, is trying to express that with no reference point, with no experience, with nothing to draw on. So I hope when I get those moments, they're powerful and sometimes they are for me and I hope they are for other people, but you never know how your work's being received. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a beauty in terms of not knowing everything at times that allows you to kind of just be raw and pure in a way when sometimes almost too much education can kind of ruin something. If that makes sense. Um, there's an innocence still there. You know, that's because that was actually my catalyst to shooting film. I feel like my reasons are what people think, you know, like everybody's in love with the look of film that shoots film. And that wasn't it for me. It was that digital was too much information for me and it was giving me anxiety. So, you know, I'd be on the shoot and I'd be like, okay, yeah, I think this will be good. And I'd take it and, you know, and then I'd either have to look at it or they'd be like, let me see. <laughs> And I'd panic. I'm like, no. I wish there wasn't a back of this camera. Like, this. I don't want to see it yet. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to know if I failed yet. I'm already so full of self-doubt. I wish this screen wasn't here. And it looked where I was like, how do you get a camera without a screen? 
<laughs> like, oh, I don't know, shoot film? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's such a reason. And, you know, now I love the look and I love the process and I love the connection I have with it. And I love the tactile. I have all the classic why I love film answers. But I seriously found it because I was terrified of looking at the back of my digital camera. I love that. I wish more people were like that, that in tune with it, you know. Um, that's a great, that's great. Um, I love that. Because I'm scared of other people and I shoot film because I'm scared of seeing my images too soon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, I, one thing about film and I've had obviously a lot of film photographers on the podcast and um, it just allows you to stay more engaged with your subject matter because you're not distracted. It really does. Like, not that I'm a master at creating mood. Like I've worked with some people like Jan Schultz and Tanya Lippert who just create this mood and then just live in it. And then the pictures are just there and I'm not that good. So I need like all the help I can get of nothing distracting. And I just found like the mid shoot review of the back of the camera was one of those things that I just wasn't helping me maintain the flow of the shoot. Yeah. I'm curious to kind of backtrack a little bit when you're doing a shoot with like a model or whatever, or a friend or whoever it is that you typically photograph, you know, and you're there. I mean, I think a lot of people assume like, you know, you're assume that you're doing a lot of directing or whatever. So, I mean, do you literally just sit in a room and you just kind of like just talk and just stare at each other? How does this work? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Almost everybody that I photograph, like I started out shooting my friends, obviously. And then I shot my friends of friends and I shot friends of friends of friends. Very few people that I work with are like working paid models. Like, Hey, I need a model for this shoot. Uh, I have done that a few times and it's been great, but I almost always, I'm trying to shoot people that I've met and that I'm comfortable with because I kind of have to just lay it out there. Like, I, I, you know, I'm somewhat confident in my abilities now and I think we'll get great stuff, but I don't work any magic. Like I don't, I don't have these amazing directing skills and this awesome way of getting these pictures. I kind of just, all, you know, almost just like this, I just explain what I'm doing and what I care about and what I'm trying to capture and what I find beautiful. And there is kind of an element of waiting, you know, I never get to the point where I'm just like, you know, is, is this about to happen? Am I right? You know, I shoot, you know, I talk and I shoot and you turn your head and oh, this light's so pretty over here. Let's go stand over here. But to be honest, a lot of that is killing time. Uh, and I've had people that I shoot with remark on that, like when I'm not excited or when I'm not seeing it, I, you know, I'm killing time, like shooting. And then when I do, it's like everything turns on, like, Oh my gosh, this is, oh, I can see. And then I, I start never finishing my sentences. That's like my trademark for when the good images are about to happen. Cause I'm like, and then let's just, and if you turned your head a little bit and I think we could, but if your shirt was a little, and I, I just talk and then I know that it's almost there. And then I kind of direct a little bit from there, you know, like, uh, if, you know, if you held your head a little or kind of think of, I'll do a little bit once I see it, but sometimes it's just waiting, shooting until I see it. And I wish I could get better at that. Like, I'm not in love with my style. I wish I could show up and direct ourselves into those situations in five minutes. And sometimes it happens like that and sometimes it doesn't. So, which, that's 
that's one thing that's always struck me as funny about my work is my model stuff is still like documentary work. Like I'm just, you know, in documentary work, you're just looking, seeing, composing, you know, just trying to make something out of what's there. And I'm doing that on, you know, quote unquote fashion type shoots, which is why I don't like people to come to my shoots or try to explain how I work because I'm like, Oh man, you are going to be so disappointed. <laughs> for 30 minutes not knowing what I do for 45 seconds of super excitement trying to capture what I finally saw but that's pretty much how it goes yeah it's interesting because you know you mentioned Avedon earlier I know a big thing for him was and he has a lot of quotes about portraiture in general and how it's a collaborative process between the photographer and the person that's sitting for you and it, you have they whoever you're photographing has to come at least halfway or something and so there's that element of almost like a dance together uh we attribute the photographer a lot in our industry now like the photographer did 100 percent of everything but it's really a you know your photo quality is dependent on how much they relax and open up and just let themselves go true which is why Lately, which is why in the past I've tried to work with people multiple times and people I'm comfortable with. Because, you know, the first shoot, I don't, you know, I never really know how it is for the model. Maybe it's weird. Maybe it's, maybe a lot of people work like this. Maybe nobody does. I don't really know. So once we've had a shoot together and they've seen the work that we produce together, and if they respond positively to it, I love shooting again. Because then the next time it's like, they know what we're going to do and they know sort of what the results will be. And that stress of, I wish I could impress you or I wish I was more confident and could tell you what to do kind of goes because we work together. So I really love working with people multiple times. Um, another thing I'd kind of noticed in your work is specifically like the horizontal shots. It's not the vertical shots. It's only the horizontal shots. And maybe it's just because it's horizontal. But there's almost like a, a cinematic or narrative thing. It, just, yeah. it switches from portraiture, vertical, to automatically like a movie still, like instantly. It kind of actually makes me a little bit happy that that translates because that's totally true. When I have the camera vertical, I, I'm not seeing a story. I'm in like face. I want to capture your eyes. I want to see your expression. I like how you're holding your mouth. You know, like that's what my brain does. And as soon as I turn it horizontal, it's like, this is a story. Consciously <laughs> <laughs> in my head, which is why I got a lot out of shooting rangefinder and my Leica when I still had it, because I think 35 millimeter vertical is a very unflattering format. I don't like how tall it is. I don't like the proportions the ratios the way the frame divides where eyes end up where mouth ends up i don't like anything about it but turn 35 millimeter on its side it's wide you know you have this three to two ratio and i crop a lot of my 35 millimeter down to 16 by 9 because that's a really traditional movie aspect mm. aspect so um, once the camera's horizontal it just i don't know just turns into a story uh that's funny. I hadn't even really articulated that that well in my head until you said that, but that's totally true for me. Interesting. I wonder, is that for you, like, why you're maybe interested in the documentary stuff, you think? Is it this, you're getting more interested in narratives and stories, you think? Yes. I'm, I mean, when I was first shooting, I was like, horizontal frames are ugly. You know, like, I didn't like them. 
I've all, I just wanted to see faces. And so I was always vertical. And then once I had my Leica and I started shooting horizontal, I got more and more interested in the story of the frame. And that kind of led to more of an interest in documentary work. Yeah. Interesting. Um, on your Tumblr, um, you had a quote, and I'll just read it, but I think it's, uh, it's by Ryan McGinley, I think. Um, but set, he says, I guess, whoever, whoever, whomever I'm photographing, I sort of fall in love with, or rather my camera falls in love with them. It could be a boy or a girl because it's all fantasy. It's fiction. I feel like there's a sense that you really have to love someone to photograph them, not in an intimate sense, but I have to fall in love with someone with my camera to make really good pictures of them. It's almost like I get hypnotized watching them. Um, so how does that relate to your work since that obviously meant something to you since you posted it? Um, it's completely true. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like, I get so caught up in the humanity of taking photos. Like I said, I, I did not meet strangers well or deal with people I didn't know well almost my entire adult life. And the camera, the camera like turns into this like magic passport to like interact and deal with people. Like you're two feet away from them and you're talking to them about stuff that matters to you and stuff that matters to them. And there's no way I would have the courage to do that without a camera. So it, it is kind of like I'm or the camera's falling in love with him because I really am fascinated with people and how different they are and how much diversity and different schools of thought and different kinds of love and different kinds of hate there are. And I really want to talk about it, but I know I wouldn't be able to do it without a camera. So sometimes when I'm shooting, I get really caught up in the humanity of the situation. Like I care more about learning what's going on than I do about taking the picture and the pictures are just the excuse to get to be able to do it. Mm. That's amazing because, um, I have a book, uh, it's called Occam's razor. It's by this guy named Bill J and he interviewed, uh, uh, can't even think of the photographer long, like three decades ago or something. And, uh, photojournalist. And notes for lens scratch. Maybe whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, but one of the things this guy was, he was interviewing said, and he was talking about, um, uh, I guess the role of photography in photographers lives for the most part. And he was just saying that the most successful photographers, the ones that produce like the best work are typically the people that use photography to kind of gain self-knowledge in a way, um, basically to kind of improve who they are as a person. Um, and even back then, like in the seventies, he was, I think it was in the seventies that he interviewed this guy and he was saying that, you know, photography should never be used to be famous or whatever. It should always be used to improve yourself as a person first. And then if fame or celebrity crosses your path, then so be it, but that's not the goal of anything. And so it's, you know, that rings so true to our culture now, especially in the industry, but you know, I'm glad to see that for you, it seems to be something that's, you know, you're, you're doing it because you feel like it's making you better. You know, I don't want to claim to have any special insight or ability into this, but it really is something that has struck me lately, is that most people that are buying cameras now are buying them to shoot people, I think is a fair assumption. 
wedding photographers, portraits, children's, families, fashion, nudes, fine art. You know, like there's a lot of that going on. And it's just struck me how much I've realized in the past few years that that getting better gear at this point will not help you take better pictures. I mean, you know, photography is married to science. You have to have gear to take pictures. So there's always that element. But we're at the point where you can go spend $400 and get better gear than was used to take almost every meaningful picture in the history of photography. Like, you can go drop nuts and have better gear than the masters some of them ever worked with their entire lives. I mean, that's, you know, that's profound. Like, if you really, really want to get better at photography, what you have to do is face the hard questions inside yourself. You have to face, what do I want? What am I afraid of? How is what I'm afraid of keeping me from what I want? What do I really value? What do I love? What do I hate? You know, like, once you start really addressing those, and like I said, I do not want to claim to be good at this or profound at this or far along this journey or anything. But as I've tried to start to confront those, you know, then you're shooting with hipstamatic and you're still getting it. Or you're just around your point and shoot and you're still getting it. And you realize, you know, 90% of what you want to say is going to come from your brain and your heart. And 10% of what you want to say is going to come from your camera and understanding its technical aspects. But that's scary to accept that because it's so much safer to say like, my gosh, if I had the new zoom lens, or if I finally had the Mark three, or if my camera had 24 megapixels, then 16, I know I'd be okay. And I don't need to pin this all in digital shooters. It's so easy to do that with film. My Yashica sucks. If I had a Roloflex, I'd finally be there. My Canon QL's no good. If I had a Leica, then I'd capture it. I mean, it's across the board. But to say, if I wasn't so scared of getting up in the morning, I'd probably be working on what I love. Like, that's freaking terrifying to confront. So you just say, I need a 75-millimeter lens. <laughs> I do it all the time. It's so much safer and more comforting, but... When you confront what you love and what you're afraid of and you dwell on it, it's not that – I mean, it just comes out in your work. It has to. Um, I've just – I don't know. I've been dwelling on that so much lately that I've made a tiny, tiny bit of progress on that, but not – you know, I'm afraid of talking to people on the street and I'm afraid of shooting the work I want to and I'm afraid to say, I wish I was in Belgium. I wish I was – going the places I'm too afraid too afraid to commit to save and say I could do this I could go there and work you know confronting that you know it's really holding me back trying and that's what I wish I could help convey to people that your Canon 20D and kit lens is enough it's enough to work until you're 90 and produce the most emotional heartbreaking powerful work that you could what you what own is enough your iphone is enough but we you know we don't want to face that because the alternative is scary and it's scary for me it's scary for me right now yeah i mean because it seems like what we've you know the conversation we've had you know it feels like you like you said you're kind of closing a chapter 
I don't. I don't want to say a little bit demean any of the fashion and beauty work because I mean I've made friends that have shaped the course of my entire life and it has value. There's work in those genres that inspires me, but I know that inside me, I'm not moved by fashion. Like I see some people are, and I don't want to say that's shallow. You know, following your passion is powerful, no matter what it is. And I know people who are passionate about fashion photography, and it shows. And I think their work moves people. But I know that's not what is moving me. It's just been a safe place. So yeah, I mean, is your, I mean, is your next step? What fears? I guess you're confronting. Is it just talking to strangers, or what is that next step for you? I think it is. I think it's. I think my next step is self confidence because I've never had it ever. Like, I've got to get to that point where I just say, I can make some beautiful work if I try hard, and that should be enough to confront a rest home or a plastic surgeon's office or something that is eating at me and say, I'd love to make some pictures, you know? Um, that's probably the next thing I've got to do that having faith in myself that I can go do and meet the kind of people I want to, <laughs> I just said, go do the people. Wow. <laughs> meet, <laughs> meet. It's like, I want to go to Europe and I want to go to Mexico and I just want to, cause I grew up in Utah County, Utah, and I don't want to bad mouth it, but there's no diversity here. None. Um, so that's been a really safe thing for me. I know my area. I know who's here. I know what's going on. And I want to get out of it. Not to put it down, but the few times I've been able to meet people who are approaching problems with none of what I came from, it's been very artistically nourishing for me. Like, wow, I just got a lot out of seeing a different answer to this question. So I want to find that. I want to have the confidence to make money so I can go find it. Yeah, that's um, when I, anything like you were expecting. No, that's amazing. No, I love it. This is like even way better than what I was expecting, actually. Uh, Low expectations raise the bar. Yes. Um, well, when I I talked to Ozzy Garcia uh, about a month ago, and he's he, he's so intense. He's just like ah or whatever. Um, but what he's completely passionate about which um i don't know if you get if you guys know each other but i think you guys could push each other in interesting ways um just because he's a little bit opposite of you so i think that would be an interesting discussion um because he's very like extroverted and meets people all the time and all that stuff but uh his big thing on personal work and all that you know he shoots weddings and stuff but he was just talking about pushing into the uncomfortable places um and that's where his best work always comes from is going to the places where he maybe doesn't know what he's doing and so it sounds like you're at that point too where you're really wanting to get into that unknown again or whatever natural artist progression because if you're serious about your work i think you get to the point where you realize that the only way you're going to grow is the stuff that scares you and it kind of makes you want to do it yeah and it is. That's where I mean. That's where the growth is. That's where the new work is. That's where your best images come from. Is when you face that. And I feel I haven't done a ton of that lately. Yeah, um, I haven't either. So, 
but one other thing I wanted to ask is, what is your like long term goals? I mean, do you have any long term goals? Like, I want to have a show at this museum, or I want to have a book, or or do you cannot think that far ahead? It's like, what am I doing next week? I mean, what is your? How do you work? I guess in the goal setting. Are so cheesy, so cheesy. <laughs> I want to. I don't want to be afraid anymore. Is seriously my long-term goal. Um, I had no idea how therapeutic art was going to be for me when I found it, and honestly, it kind of saved me. And I didn't see it coming. It gave me an outlet to put my rage and depression and anxiety and sadness and. And doubt into, and it just kind of enveloped it. Like when I have these things, this is where I go to. Um, and it's just kind of put me on that journey of knowing myself a little better. And that's what I want. I want to work on personal issues through art so that I can wake up and be more confident getting out of bed. I want to get to the point where I can see someone I want to meet and learn from and talk to them. And honestly, I'm just hoping and praying that the stuff that is supposed to happen will happen if I'm trying to do that. I know that is cheeseball Disney answer, but <laughs> recently in my life, in almost terrifyingly profound ways, um, one day I was on my computer just looking at my work and thinking, I'm feeling this. I'm not working on it. Like, it's not coming out. What is going on? And I read this interview that my now friend Melissa New did with my other now friend Dustin Todd about his mom dying and how it affected his work. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be involved with this or people like this or on this path or something so I wrote her this email and I was like, would you interview me or something? I'm, I'm, you know, it was probably a little bit self-promotional, but what I said was, I need to talk about this kind of stuff. I need to confront that I'm extremely unhappy and I'm also working in art and I'm trying to work on that in some way. And she wrote me and said, well, we're actually starting this whole new thing called Framed and we only have one episode scheduled so far. Do you want us to come interview you? So I said yes, and, you know, it went well, and I met them and made some new friends. And then, like, a year later, I had another one of those moments just in my room where I was like, God, whatever, great spirit, you know, consciousness, Mother Earth, I need, I need something else. I need help. What, what should I do? And I honestly got this, like, I don't know, write Melissa again. <laughs> so... <laughs> in the morning like I'm struggling with this I'm dealing with this I want to meet new people I want to work on the stuff that's scaring me what should we do and she wrote back and was like we're starting a whole new network do you want to do your entire own show like the next day <laughs> my gosh this is so ridiculous so I went up and met them and they were like what would you want to do and I was like I would want to do a show about shooting film and I would want to do it with my friend Tanya Lippert because I had recently met her and she really inspired me and I would want to bring in my favorite photographer Edward John Schultz from Belgium because I just need to learn from him and I would want him to come 
and I would want to shoot this model, Jennifer, from Portland, whose work moves me. And I would want them to all come together and film a show about it. And they're like, okay. What <laughs> <laughs> happened? Like, so I, I just developed this tiny, tiny bit of faith that if you really care and you are really working on it, and I don't want to sound self-aggrandizing, but that if you care enough to really put yourself into it and confront what you're afraid of and work on it, that the universe starts helping you in some way that it wants you to succeed, that some force, whether it's God or faith or luck or destiny or something, when you're willing to face it, wants you to succeed. And I just keep having those experiences over and over and over. And it's hard to talk about because it sounds cheesy, but it's also true. And I can't deny it. That's amazing. Wow. This is awesome. I mean, people are going to like walk away from this, like fired up. (laughs) I I should stop saying that, but I, when I say things that I hear and I was like, wow, if someone else said that, I'd be like, lame. (laughs) Same stuff. But I've been so blessed recently that I can't deny that it's happened. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so true. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I, you know, me starting in this Musea company, it's completely something that, huge risk, and I'm, I'm every morning I'm scared to death that this thing is going to fail and collapse in on my house or my face or whatever, and it's, you know, uh, you know, it's like scary, you know, it's like financial risk and uh, career risk and all that, but it's it's something I know I have to do or I will not be happy. That's, that's amazing. And honestly, I can tell because when I saw your lineup of people, I was like, Hey, that's all the people that are inspiring me. (laughs) Famously inspiring, but the people that are actually inspiring me, like Fur and Kirk and, you know, just reading the names, I was like, wow, this is the right people. (laughs) Yeah. I that resonated with me when you asked me to interview. I was a little bit intimidated because the <laughs> right people. No, dude. Um, you know, I think people are completely attracted to you because you know of your honesty, you know, and humility. And so, uh, people—that's what people really want. They just want you know people that's open and willing to share kind of the truth with them, and that it's not going to give them a bunch of BS like a lot of other people people do and pretend their life is all perfect and unicorns and stuff. It's just not, you know, a lot of people coming to that too, that when someone tells you the answer isn't, Hey, this action makes your work meaningful. It's, you know what? It's going to be scary and hard that at least there's comfort in that. At least there's comfort in being told the truth. Um, Yeah. And that's what, you know, I wish I'd, Normally, I'd say for me or in my opinion after everything. I hope people can just recognize that this is all. But for me, photography is it's becoming about people and not about photography. It's just a vehicle. Like Dorothea Lange said, a camera is to teach how to people to see without a camera. Like, I really believe that, that you know, we're, everyone's involved in bigger stuff than photography and life and death and love and hate and divorce and heartbreak. And that's that's what's moving humanity, not photography. The photography is just to try and 
understand it and deal with it and express it. And if you're willing to confront that and how scary that is, that's where moving beautiful, meaningful, powerful work comes from, not from getting better lenses and going to the best workshop and all the improvement is internal and it's scary, but once you face it, it's empowering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I've been really frustrated about the past 10 years, just looking at a lot of genres of photography is, you know, everything is um, so much about machinery and technique and stuff now. And so much is been lost in terms of yeah just what you're saying the human stuff you know it's like i don't i don't really care about the fact that this is photoshopped like i want to care about that subject's world like i want to be transported into the world to where i even forget i'm even looking at a photograph where i'm taken to another place of you know emotion way i mean i have genres that i'm interested in but for me, art is art. You know, it's the landscape. It's the nude. It's the fashion work. It's the kid shot. It's the family portrait. It's that shot that has that honesty that you just go, I feel this. This this is connecting with my humanity, with my doubts, with my fears, with my hopes. And that can be in any genre. That can be in film. That can be in digital. That can be in any genre. It's the artist, you know? And that's why there's all those inspirational Tumblr and Facebook quotes that but but it's true. All the cheesy stuff is true. You know, you can go by a canonate. I went to this show recently of Dave Burnett, who is just one of my favorite photographers, this amazing photojournalist. And it was just 40 years of images you couldn't believe. And something that I loved that some people probably hate is he listed the gear under each photo. Mm-hmm. And like 80% of them were like Canon AE1. Mm-hmm. And I'm those are $40 right now. <laughs> You've got the money to go produce this work. Do you have the integrity? Do you have the courage? Do you have the artistic drive? Because we don't need better cameras anymore. Yeah. Um, and I said, because I, yeah. I like covet my MP and I want a $1,000 lens. And I'm a complete hypocrite and that's part of art too, but... <laughs> Oh, no, it's, I mean, that is so true. And I hope, you know, I hope that people that listen to this take away that to heart. And I think it's people that, people, they know that's true, but very few people do it and put in the hard work, you know. That's an artistic battle. And that's why people are listening because they know it's true. And you just want someone to tell you like, You've, you've got all the, everything you need. You just have to go do it. And we all know it's true, but it's so hard to embrace for me too. Yeah. There it is. It's true. You don't need a better camera. Yeah. Well, wow. That was uh, pretty awesome. I feel like I need to go take some pictures of something. Right me? <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> something. I'll think of something to shoot. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, thanks, man, for chatting with me, for your honesty, um, you know, for your openness. At, you know, everything that I see in your work, um, you know, I feel it's completely transparent in terms of, like, who you are as a person. Like, you know, I would 
I think that's probably the best artistic compliment you could ever receive. I would rather have mediocre work and have it accurately reflect who I am than have great work that I cared nothing about. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, so thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.